What's going on, y'all? James Hicks here from Infotainment News and ITN Live. Look, been wanting to do this for a long time. This being starting a podcast to go along with the with the site and go along with the other social media platforms we have. But been always trying to find the right platform to use. Right, been looking for how to get the message out to our engaged readers, our engaged viewers how to essentially really how to monetize and believe it or not I found the right platform that's getting the job done that's going to be easy to use and easy to set up that platform is anchor anchor is a one-stop shop for recording hosting and distributing your podcast best of all it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use and now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Check it out. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. This is an ad for Anchor, if you didn't guess that by now. Check it out. If you want to get started with Anchor, if you want to start sending out your message, owning your own platform, broadcasting your message, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me, join the rest of the diverse uh, authors and owners of content out there. Get your podcast off the ground. Let us know where it is. Talk to you soon. Y'all be cool. Goodness, unscripted, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's how we start. EB, what's up with you, brother? Uh, season two, episode two. Now we're good. We're good. Yeah, hit the gym early this morning. I'm always <laughs> talking about it. And um, before I used to go to the gym early in the morning, three thirty. Nobody yeah. in the gym. Three thirty a.m. That is right. Three thirty a.m. <laughs> yeah. Three thirty a.m. Now it's like a full house. It's crazy. Just getting back from the club at three thirty, and you and you yeah. already going hit hit the gym. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I got to, I got to, I got to hit that gym, man. Um, but my gym is not open yet, so we we go to this one gym that it just you know it's like the only gym right now in town until until the other gym start opening up. Um, right, right. I know. Uh, oh, is that pops? What's happening there? Good. I see you, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Good morning. He, he out there on his walk right now. I think he was doing some walking. So oh, okay. Get, get yeah, a little yeah. exercise in. Right, right. Getting that fitness in. How about you? What's up there? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go hit it tonight. Right? You know, I'm a, I'm a, you're the early bird. I'm trying to get there, but I'm the night owl. I'll, I'll yeah. get there this, this evening, you know, put the family, put the house to sleep, but then I'll, I'll get out there this evening and try to, try to move some heavy weights. Okay. 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 Um. Did you vote? Not yet. Uh, I was waiting for the last debate, mm-hmm. and I also want to physically take it in. So I'm taking it in on the 31st. I'm taking me and Jordan are going to walk in, and you know we're going to get our little sticker, take our Instagram picture, that, that kind of thing. But 
All right, I got, all right. I, got, I got my stuff right here. I got all my uh, propositions already filled out. Uh, you know, red, red, blue, green, yellow, all. all um, I'm not necessarily voting down party lines, but I am voting. Uh, I'm voting appropriately for for the for the for the season <laughs> for, for the that, season. For yeah, the current, yeah, for the no current. reason for the season, right? You know that. I, you know, just, we we. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at. Shouts out to Dave the Tiffany. Hey, did you know the Tiffany that he was in Okinawa? Ah, uh, you know what? It's good dude. Uh, yeah, I have to. I have to. Uh, yeah. Kubasaki. Yeah. Look and look at look hey, at So I love that right. profile picture with mommy in there. I see yeah. you. Got, you had a new baby yet? Talk to us, man. You a, <laughs> you a, you, a, you a daddy yet? He got the glasses on his emojis. Now, so no, yeah, no, no, I, I haven't. I haven't voted yet. Like I said, I'm. I'm uh, we're gonna vote uh, next week on the, on the 31st. I did the mail-in ballot, which was pretty cool, pretty awesome. Because I wouldn't, I really want to see. I've, I've mailed in ballots before. You know, military, you be overseas, you got to do your your absentee absentee ballot. But I mailed mine in this time, and I wanted to check out the whole tracking thing, right? So the ballot tracks, uh, and I was like, so I mailed it. When do we we had the uh, the show uh, last show, the day after that last show, I, I I popped it in the mailbox. I'm thinking, dang. How come I haven't heard anything yet? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like in a hurry. You know, with this day and age, you want things to be instantaneous, yeah. right? Yes, right? <laughs> but um, I finally yesterday, last night, uh, I got a text on my phone from Ballot Tracks or is it Ballot Tracks, whatever it is, okay. and it says, "Hey, your vote has been counted." So I right. popped that bad boy on Insta on uh, social media. And I was like, hey, "Yeah, my, my voice, my, my voice is being heard." So did you put it in one of the? Ballot boxes, or did you take it correct. to? Okay, okay. So you, I, I actually it was in a real ballot box too. One of the fake ones. Okay, not a fake one. Yeah, <laughs> and, and honestly, you know, I just took it to the one that's actually on my the ballot. It's that they they had like nice. a couple of there was there six of them, and they had like six libraries. Um, you know, you it, it, you can tell what it is. You that box is big. You know, nobody. It's like a small slot. You just stick your stick, stick it in there. Although I heard someone tried to burn one. Yeah, not the one man. in my area. Oh, man. They, they burning ballot boxes. Yeah, oh, uh, you know, oh, like, what's crackheads out there? You know, that could have been their whole party that they were trying to vote for. They just burnt them all up. <laughs> just saying, <laughs> right? So it makes no point. Uh, anyway, maybe they're just trying to like trying to uh, hurt the the, the mail in ballot. But it was it was it was easy. It was easy peasy. Like I said, I. Dropped it in there. Got the little text saying, "Hey, your voice, your uh, vote has is uh, on its way. It's it's going to count." So I thought that was pretty cool. Nice, nice. That, that, that's good. So everyone, get out there, get get that ballot, get that vote in. November third is the day before, not after, but before or on. Make sure you get that uh, ballot in. Again, we don't care who you vote for, just as long as you get that vote in. That's right. Uh, speaking of voting, speaking of that, and so you watched that last debate. Oh man! Oh my man! How how are these the only two choices? <laughs> I don't. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I mean, you know, we've seen debates in the past. We've we've seen them in the past, but this one is really just a debate of finger pointing and see this guy didn't do this. I'm telling you, you. I keep saying this. Do you ever see that old movie called Grumpy Old Man back in the day? I'm trying to be Morgan Freeman when I get old, right? If, if I make it, I'm trying to be that dude. But this this reminds me of two kids in the sandbox playing, and, and somebody took the other's toy, and you know they just point yeah. and about each other. And no, he did it. No, he did it. And they're gonna be the most powerful person on the planet. So, oh my god, yeah, it's it's a, it's um, you know, days are different now. You know, so days are different, and um, 
it's it's apparent. But um, you know, what about this? Um, this is already almost up. I don't know if he's going to get another second term or whatever. What What are your thoughts on what's happened in the in the last you know three and a half so years? Uh, what, what do you What's your take on? Uh, do you have was there any were there any um, pluses or minuses for you in, in this uh, during, during this, last, this last uh, yeah uh, term? Oh, damn, we won't, we, won't, we won't go down that route. Okay, hold on. Let me, I didn't know we was going you, – you threw one off. I wasn't ready to – I'm not going to talk too much about it because, uh, yeah, yeah. again, we're trying to get some advertisers, and I don't, I don't want to mess up. I mean, sure, I mean, let, you know, we, let's just totally, totally stay unbiased. I mean, it's really like, hey, where there's some good yeah. points, where there's some bad points. No, I mean, no, so there, there, there's nothing positive about 45. <laughs> I won't even say his name, right? There's nothing positive about the bad heat about the person. Uh, uh, he's disrespectful. He is not a leader. He is not a, uh, someone who anyone should rally behind as an, as an individual and as someone who is continuing to talk negative about anyone that's outside of his family. He even talks bad about his family. So I, I, look, I'm ready for the man to go ahead and, and, and hit the road. Right. (laughs) Uh, but, um, Look, in, ter- in terms of the, la- the last conversation that they had, the, the debate, I think it was a more civil just because they had some technology in place to where they yeah. each, each other up, right, in, in the midst of someone trying to talk. So that, that yeah. made it for us, the voters, to actually hear something. Right. Either one of them really talked about any context in terms of plan, yeah. in terms of how we're going to get out of this COVID, how we're going to get the economy right, how we're going to deal with whatever infrastructure, how we're going to deal with education or anything like that. So, you know, it, it, unfortunately, and I say this a lot, it is what it is, but um, no, to, long answer short, no, nah, bro, no, no, nothing good has come out of, come out of this dude at, at all. I, I, the, the cons far outweigh the pros. If they're right. I, I think there are some good things that came out of this. In, in my mind, there were some good things. I mean, some, some outstanding memes. <laughs> there was some outstanding, there was some, I mean, I think for me, the, the personality, I think when I, when it when it first started, you know, and, and for me, you know, like, you know, everybody says, you know, this is, this is U.S., this is United, United States, we're the United States. There was a straight, clear divisionism. I mean, and if, that, if that's even a word, I mean, I felt like it was it was it was a uh, there was so much divide and it was no there was no. There was no trying to rectify that, you know, like yeah. it, it, I don't even say it was blatant or not. There was just no, no, no plan to try to even make it so that it doesn't seem like it's like it's. Uh, yeah, um, no, I mean, yeah. the, the only grown up that was on stage was the moderator. So shouts out to her because she actually controlled a lot of the narrative. Oh, yeah. 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 With, definitely. With the two kids in the corner when they needed to be. You know, right, right. And, and is actually throwing us some content saying that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that's a sad state of the current environment right because yeah. you know he's throwing flame throwing fire on the flames and yeah. rallying up the base talking bad about someone talking bad about the other man's child talking bad about the other man's whatever so it's nothing positive came out of the last three and a half years yeah. the, the two presidential debates were ridiculous 
The fly, yeah, on, the fly on Kendra's head was just the funniest <laughs> thing I have yeah. ever seen. And, you know, I mean, it just, that, that was just crazy, right? That, that was just karma for you right there. The man had a fly on the top of his head for like an hour. I don't know if you watched that Saturday Night Live skit when they did, <laughs> they did, uh, they, uh, they, when uh, you know they they you know they did the pants with the fly on the head. Uh, Jim Carrey was on there as uh, <laughs> as Biden. All of a sudden, he turned into like this, uh, you know, the you know back, back this old movie called The Fly. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he became he was, all of a sudden he became this fly. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, Biden fly on on Pence's head. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh my, they, yeah. It's Saturday Night Live never never ceases to. Uh, and honestly, Jim Carrey looked almost dead on, dead on Biden. It was crazy. It was, it was, it was a good show. No, I'll but, check uh, that out. I'll check that out. But like you said, man, if, if you haven't voted, please vote. Um, I mean, you you know, make your voice heard. If 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 you like the way the the, the state of affairs are, vote. If you don't vote, the only way you're going to make a change is to vote or to have it your way. Uh, vote, please. Having said that, I want to go into a serious topic. Man, I was watching this show again. I, you know what? You got some things on your mind today. What's being home, okay, being home, okay, being home you're, I'm, I'm always on the Netflix. And, you know, there's been some good stuff on the Netflix. Um, I call it the Netflix. That's how my mom calls it. On the Facebook. On the Facebook. Yeah. But, um, there, was a, there was a show called uh, there was a show called Social Distancing, which I thought was cool. You know, and Social, it, dilemma. Social Dilemma. No, no. We'll get to that one. <laughs> There's actually a show called Social Distance, and oh, all right. okay. there was a couple of actors that they're in this, and there was some, and they showed like some real short. They're like almost mini, uh, mini shorts, uh, uh, scenes, right? Uh, how people are, their like their behavior and their personalities during this COVID time, being stuck at home, uh, being you know, we're having to work from home, and they showed these different situations, um, and I thought it was pretty genius. But then, and what I want to do is now is go back to what you're talking about, social dilemma. There was a, there is another show because I, I kind of just kind of watched the whole. You know, now I can like just kind of power through all these shows. Watch all <laughs> binge, shows. binge watching that. It can't I, go anywhere, uh, right? Because it, it was playing with my eyes. I thought it was still social distancing, but this one was called Social Dilemma. It opens up with the guy that I guess he worked at Gmail or Google, and um, I, you know, I'm I'm torn. You know, people said, "Hey, watch this show." You know, it's it's some it's some and. And let me give my take on this. My my take on this is always about accountability and blaming an inanimate object. Of I get it, I get it. You know that's why there's influencers online. There's a you know, but there's a there's a point. There is like a fine line on influencing. And let me, and, I, and just to get kind of tell you where I'm going with that, we have influencers. Influencers decide on where you where you want what you want to buy, what you want to you know what you want to wear, how you want to talk and act or behave uh, in terms of like if. It's being successful. You know, you have all kinds of um, self-help things, you know. But then they, they talked about this point where they where they said that they posted a whole bunch of hate stuff. Right. And all of a sudden there was like like mass killings. And they're and they're trying to blame. I, I get it. Do you want to behavior correct? But like people that go out and kill, they have it on their mind already. Though they just need, and it doesn't even have to be social media that even triggers them. They could be triggered by anything. I mean, I've I've walked past people, and they just, just by seeing you, they want oh, you know, this they start mm -hmm. tripping, you know. And to me, I feel like you you can't just blame social media. You got to blame at home because here's what here's what I've seen when iPads, iPhones, and all these things came out. You go to the store, kids running amok. He's he's crying. 
Hey, and, and, and the mom saying, hey, give him the iPad so he can watch the thing. And he starts, then he's being babysat by the social media or, you know, or that, you know, that's not social media's fault. That's the parent for not being involved in my mind, involved in that, in that child's, um, uh, the, his, you know, his foundation, you know, everything comes from the foundation from home. You, mm-hmm. you can't blame the teachers. You can't blame, you know, if your foundation is, 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 uh, is not there. If you're, you know, and, and I say this, it, I, I, I had a good, a, a pretty awesome upbringing. You know, I have my, my, my dad, my mom, mm-hmm. and my, but we were latchkey kids because both parents worked. My dad was in the military. He did his thing. My mom. So we, you know, we, we worked with my, I had like some other, my other siblings, my brother and my sisters, uh, my brothers and my sister, we kind of raised each other, you know, and it was always loving because my parents before they, when they, before they left, they were loving, they were, mm-hmm. they don't get in trouble and they, they left those. And I don't know if, more parents are doing that because I know a lot of kids were latchkey kids, but I know a lot of parents teach hate. I know a lot of parents, you know, do you know these things that build this pressure, like a pressure cooker in kids that if they do see something, you know, whatever is going to make them. Uh, and I don't even want to say suicide. I'm talking about like people that go out and actually go out and harm other people, not yourself, but other people. Yeah. I, I get the whole harming because that is bad, too. That's that's a, a abuse, too. And I don't totally still blame social media for suicides, but I do blame, you know, upbringing. I, I blame the household, but not so much as in, uh, I, I don't know. I'm torn. I'm, you know, I'm like, yeah. yeah. I'm going with that. So I, I guess you're, you're almost coming at, so the social dilemma didn't necessarily touch on the topics that, that you're, the, the path that you're going down. Right, you're 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 going down a whole nother uh, right. avenue in, in terms of influence, in terms of uh, peer pressure, in terms of uh, just uh, intimidation, having external forces that are that, that are that are reaching on you and, and having you go or think a certain way. The social dilemma, really, from 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 my perspective, and, and in a second, what I'm actually going to do is I'm gonna I'm gonna try to show the the trailer. Hopefully, okay. I can get this technology to work right. You know, <laughs> That was really about and, and is about what I call the dopamine hit that we all get every time you post something online, right? The right. fact that you get that, you, you've got that every time a notification goes off on your mobile device, on your technology device, you've got to look at it. Why? Because again, you, you get that that hit of dopamine when you get that like, when you get that comment, when you get that reaction to mm-hmm. something that you put out because you think that you're being justified in your action and you think that folks you think folks folks actually care but they <laughs> don't right because again it, it's all an algorithm to continue to keep you on those particular platforms why right. for advertising so it's a revenue generating effect that actually scientists have actually program figured out how to program and, and look into your brain how the brain works to keep mm-hmm. you scrolling down that Instagram feed, scrolling on that Facebook profile. You know you got better things to do than to sit there an hour and a half looking at Facebook videos. But something about it, every time you look at it, it learns more and more about what it thinks you like. Mm -hmm. So it keeps you in there. It keeps you from really having face-to-face engagements and conversations with folks. It it keeps you from doing your job. It keeps you from maybe getting out there. We we always talk about getting fit, going to the gym or whatever. It, Mm -hmm. It keeps you locked into that mode because it's consciously engineered that way. That's a problem, right? That is a problem because that keeps you, that that affects the mental, that affects the physical, that affects spiritual, that, that affects everything about you because you 
now are being manipulated by this computer algorithm to stay on this particular uh, platform for revenue, for ad generation, and for things like that. Let, let me let me try to run this uh, trailer for folks who haven't seen it, uh, so, so they can kind of understand what it is we are talking about. When you go to Google and type in climate change is, you're going to see different results depending on where you live and the particular things that Google knows about your interests. That's not by accident, that's a design technique. What I want people to know is that everything they're doing online is being watched, is being tracked. Every single action you take is carefully monitored and recorded. A lot of people think Google's just a search box and Facebook's just a place to see what my friends are doing. What they don't realize is there's entire teams of engineers whose job is to use your psychology against you. I was the co-inventor of the Facebook like button. I was the president of Pinterest. Google. Twitter. Instagram. There were meaningful changes happening around the world because of these platforms. I think we were naive about the flip side of that coin. We get rewarded by parts, likes, thumbs up, and we conflate that with value and we conflate it with truth. A whole generation is more anxious, more depressed. I always felt like fundamentally it was a force for good. I don't know if I feel that way anymore. Facebook discovered that they were able to affect real world behavior and emotions without ever triggering the user's awareness. They are completely clueless. Fake news spreads six times faster than true news. We're being bombarded with rumors. If everyone's entitled to their own facts, there's really no need for people to come together. In fact, there's really no need for people to interact. We have less control over who we are and what we really believe. If you want to control the population of your country, there has never been a tool as effective as Facebook. We built these things and we have a responsibility to change it. The intention could be, how do we make the world better? If technology creates mass chaos, loneliness, more polarization, more election hacking, more inability to focus on the real issues, we're toast. This is checkmate on humanity. So... You're on mute, brother. There you go. So, right, so that that really is is completely telling. And and I, and I was I was telling you about this ahead of time. Right, I have always had a an, an issue with this because, and the reason being is, I feel I help promote this whole dynamic of internet technology enterprise compute, things like that. Because I've been, I've been in the business for over 20 some years, right? So I, I sell the products to the companies that build the stores, that build the networks, that build all the server farms, things like that. So I really do for the past, however long social media has been around, I have felt a, a responsibility. And, you know, um, it, it pains me actually a little bit because again, I'm, I feel that I'm really responsible for some of the downfall of society because of, the, the equipment and the infrastructure and the things that I help put in place to all these organizations. I sell to each of these companies, right? The Googles, the Facebooks, uh, 
the Instagrams, all of those folks. I've been in all those offices. I've put physical gear in there. And, and, and it's a problem that, I, that I've had to deal with and, and just kind of come to grips with, but try not to take it personally, but mm-hmm. more use something like this, these platforms to educate folks on, again, step away from the device once in a while. Don't let that control you. It's built to control you, but don't let it win. Um, so so that, that, that's where I'm coming from in, in terms of these types of things. And I think self discipline. I mean, I, I trust me. I agree that there should be some some sort of responsibility on the end. In my mind, as a part of, as a part of, in regards to, um, I don't want to say so much censorship, but but validating information that goes up there. Like anybody can type, you know, something into, you know, IMDb or you know these uh these these places that people go, you know, um, to get to get data or information. Um, there should be a responsibility, but you also have a responsibility to yourself to have some self discipline. Um, and my thing is because they've been. This is not something new. Social media is, is something new that they use this building algorithms, but they've been marketing and, and doing these things forever and trying to find out how to manipulate humans, right? Mm-hmm. Military. How can how can Pro- one propaganda person, has been around for a long yeah, time, right? Propaganda person, is nothing new. How can one person tell you who to kill and, and and that this is the right thing to do? You know what I'm saying? How can you know when you go to war? You know, um, but it's happening. You know, these people are they go they go they go and they get. Uh, you know, mind screwed in, in in training and saying, hey, the enemy is this guy. They're saying the same thing on that side. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's leaders that are trying to get oil and all this stuff, we're, we're, we're being we're, we've always been manipulated. But we had some self 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 control because when people came back, hey, the war was wrong. We da, 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 you know, we, it's, it's always been there. So there's, you know, some self-discipline that we can, uh, you know, and the same thing in terms of these. Am I on social media? Yes. Do I stay there all day long? No. I, you know, I'll post some. I think it's great for marketing. I think it's great for people that have products that they want to put out there. But you're right. There, there should be some sense of responsibility. I don't necessarily think it should be accountability. But then again, like you said, you and I may be interpreting this whole thing differently. Uh, when I and, and I could have been on the on the defensive right when I started watching. I said, like, "What are you talking about?" That was my first. <laughs> I was like, "What?" You know, people blaming this again, people are blaming something else for somebody else is doing something. But, um, I, you know, I, I mean, I do I do agree with you. I do. I, I don't think that you you are blamed for the downfall because you're doing something that, again, in your mind, that and this is great. Technology is great. I've always thought technology is great. How people use technology is the issue. How people are allowed to use the technology is is the issue. It's like a car. A car is a bomb. Reckless people get in every day and start driving drunk, <laughs> you know, and I'm telling you right now, when I was younger, I probably drove when I was had a, a few drinks, you know, we have to be accountable. We have to be accountable for our actions. And just like people that use the technology to be corrupt or to be um, devious or deceitful, that's that's their issue. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the. And, you know, and that brings a decent point, right? There, there's always, there's pros and cons to everything, right? I mean, water is the best thing for you in, term, uh, in terms of uh, replenishment with the body. But if you drink too much water, you could drown yourself to death, yeah. right? So <laughs> everything in moderation. Every, yeah. I, th- I think what, what I want folks to get out of this particular show, if you got Netflix, please watch it. If you don't, find somebody's password that you know and steal it <laughs> yeah. for, for an hour so you can get watch the show. But awareness. Right. Because, again, we go into these things 
unconsciously no. and, yep. and we use these platforms and they're free, but they're not free. Yep. No one reads the, the EULA, the end user license agreement. Every time yep. you sign up for one of these Snapchats, TikToks, Facebooks, whatever, You're you so don't cool. read that fine print saying that they can use your data, your information for data mining or advertising and sell it to someone else. The extent to what that has become, again, has really transformed how we look at these, these platforms. So every time yep. you look at your Facebook profile, you see things that match with what the algorithm thinks is your personality. It's, it's what yeah. you like. You're not going to see a whole bunch of counterintuitive, you know, yin and yang things. You're going to see things right. that are in your whole realm of influence and your realm of thinking, right? So Democrats aren't going to see a whole lot of Trump stuff in their Facebook profile. Yeah. But if you want, if you deep read and that's what you are, you're going to see a whole lot of different stuff. How do they know that, right? Every time you do a search on Google, Right. You're searching for whatever. Right. Uh, you search for something. And next thing you know, you've got advertisements popping up for that in your Instagram feed. How do they know that? Those are the things I think that, that I want folks to get out of that show right, and right. Stuff as you use these pieces of technology. They were built specifically to lure you away and into a certain frame of mind. So damn, you got you got you got to be all, all fired up, ready to go. But I, I, I think that's okay. I mean, to a point, I think that's okay to to get you in, in engaged um, is is not is not bad. Like I said, you can't. What we need to do is work on the human condition because <laughs> mm, human like condition that. is what is is the driving force of all of this. With you know, you can't have the social media without the human interaction. You can't have the you know the bad stuff without the human interaction. That's what I'm saying. That, I think that's what I'm talking about. So if they moder- monitor the human reactions uh, in a sense that, hey, uh, you're using it wrong. Uh, this information is, is not valid. And they, and they do that. You know, they do that for some sites. They say, hey, you know what? Um, we've checked this out. That information is, 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 is uh, there's no, conclu- no, no, no evidence of that information that you just posted. Boom, strip it, right? End user agreements for licensing. They do that now. If they just continue to do that when people are posting this stuff, like you know, you know, and I don't want to keep using uh, Trump's name, but Trump will sit there and say, "I didn't say that." <laughs> Here's a video. There's <laughs> a video. He just said that. Let's roll with tape. Yeah, let's yeah. roll. With <laughs> my favorite, my favorite, my favorite uh, clip is when Dave Chappelle was out and we were watching. Um, they were doing a James Brown, <laughs> James Brown, and he's like, "Hey, cocaine's a hell of a drug." <laughs> <laughs> and he says, I, I did not kick it in. He goes, uh, and then all of a sudden they show it, he did it. <laughs> He's like, oh, cocaine's a hell of a drug. It was a skit, but it was just, it's funny because like even Eddie Murphy said, man, even if you got caught on video, it wasn't me. I've used that statement before. It didn't work, but I've tried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think they pol- if they police the human condition, if they police you know the hu- the actual interaction of that person, if they're being deceitful and saying, "Hey, send me all your money," mm, are you a real business? You know, and I think that's to me, I think that's the issue. Not not so much the social. The technology is amazing. It can be amazing. It can it can it can you know. Ha- there's never been a time where you can market your if you're a businessman, you can't you can market to mi- literally millions of people, right? You know, literally. You know, you didn't have to put your ad in a newspaper and it goes to a, a small circulation of people. 
you're hitting the world wide web, baby. You know, and to me, that, that's, that's huge for people that want to go into business that have something valid to say or sell um, influencers that really influence uh, uh, self-help people. And they're really trying to help people, you know, and saying, hey, you know what? You know, you're a good person. Da, da, da. It's, it's, it's huge to be able to get that type of interaction. And um, I, to me, I, I feel like I don't want to take away from that and just say, hey, you know what? People that are saying bad stuff, they're going to be bad people monitor them, <laughs> you know, monitor these people. We do I'll, them in real life. I'll, I'll interject and put this comment up right here, right? I mean, talking about the benefits of, of technology and social media, right? I mean, dad is saying he's got the opportunity now to connect with, with Ant, someone who he hasn't seen, talked yeah. to in, in decades, right? Mm-hmm. And they're they're now chatting online. And, and so, so again, there's, there's more, there, there's pros and there's cons, but just uh, I think what we're really saying at the end of the day, folks, is be cognizant and be aware, right? <laughs> Right. Don't be that living jumping off the cliff because you're you're, you're following everyone else. Do your own thing. Yeah. Uh, make try try to make the right decisions as much as possible. You know? Research the uh, issue. You know, if somebody's calling you something bad, know that it's mm, not you that they're. I'm not worried about it. At, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just. I'm getting, I'm uh, getting that attitude because I'm 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 reading the uh, the decision by Kevin Hart right now, and, and he's crazy anyway. So you know, he's he's pointing. He's making some good points. Don't, don't worry about what other people think about you. Do you do your thing. Right. And on a lighter note, we don't have to stay on a serious situation, but um, movies, man, when are movies going to come back? You know, I, I, I miss that <laughs> going into the theater, sitting in a, you know, having some popcorn and watching that huge, humongous screen with that surround sound. Oh, God, man, man. when is that going to open back up? They just closed all it. The, closed us back all, up. The, all the theaters around here yeah. shut down. So do you, do you have like a, um, we got it's called Studio Movie Grill out here, where you mm-hmm. can go in there, you can order food, you know, you can have regular dinner, you can have some drinks or whatever, right there in, in your chair while you watch the movie. Dinner in a movie? Uh, yeah, I mean, real dinner in movies, right? You don't have to go anywhere else; just right there at the movie theater. They uh, they charge you a little bit. For, yeah, you know, I, I noticed that the price is a little a little bit higher for what you get. So maybe maybe they, we can talk to somebody at Studio Movie Grill and lower the price. Hey, I don't know about uh, I don't know about down here because I haven't seen any, but I know I used to go up there a lot. Drive-in theaters, man. I can see them coming back. <laughs> <laughs> no, so they, I think they tried to open it back up. I think they're showing some movies out there. I'm not sure if they're first-run movies, but, yeah, yeah that, I mean, drive-ins are always that. cool. Dude, I can, see that, that, I can see that coming back. Exactly, man. Um, be, you know what? Like I said, that's opportunities. I mean, these guys, at some point, I think they were phasing out. The, the last one I seen was right there. What is it? Bradshaw over there by in your area? Over there by the church, yeah. That drive-in. And, um. I'm thinking, damn, there's like weeds and stuff growing in there now. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, I can see them like opening back up because I like, I, I love watching movies at home, but there's nothing like watching like a, a sci-fi or some action movie on a big, on a, you know, in, in, in that atmosphere, you know, and yeah. popcorn and all that good stuff. So uh, maybe, hey. Maybe. Hopefully it'll come back. <laughs> I, so I I know so you know, our, our boy Tall Boy uh, select in Atlanta. I know they do drive-in concerts now. Concert, so yeah. He's been to a lot of shows where there'll be the principal, so whoever's performing on stage, and the attendees will literally just drive up in their car. They'll they'll pop the hood or pop the trunk, right, and be in a certain stall at like a old drive-in theater location, and they'll have a show there. Yeah. So that's pretty ingenious for. Still having live, socially distant entertainment right, during right. this period of 
COVID. So yeah. uh, hopefully some of that will happen. We, we've got the amphitheater out here. Uh, that would be pretty pretty cool if they oh, would yeah, do something yeah. like that. I remember they were they call us some BGP folks. We're BGP from the reunion. Yeah, yeah. Let, me, let, me, let, me, let me call uh, the Fainers and, and yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. we, we need yeah. some roamers out here on, on the grass. Let's, let's see if we can do some things. Like go that. There. Um, <laughs> yeah, my, my favorite, I mean, I'll talk about my favorite show, man, was it, it's always going to be Aerosmith, man. When we walked them through the middle of the crowd, yeah. Yeah. We surrounded them, it was like, well, I don't know if it was like 29 of us surrounded the band. Uh, you know, and we were, we were walking in, uh, you know, Stephen Tyler put his hand on my shoulder. He goes, isn't this great? <laughs> I was like, yeah. We had, um, you know, we were facing outward, but we surrounded him, kind of locked and went through the crowd, yeah. which was pretty awesome. That was uh, still one of my favorite shows. One of my favorite yeah, shows. For, yeah, for folks kind of. So that was, it was uh, Stephen Tyler. It was all it was Aerosmith, right? We were taking yeah. him from the A, A stage to the B stage. They, out in the lawn. During, during that time, they liked to walk with the crowd, which was a challenge in and of itself because yeah. we, we, we've got to logistically keep them safe and keep people away. So you know, we, we, we walked them through. I remember you were carrying Tyler uh, or helping him. And when they got to the B stage, I was there. Steven Tyler knelt down and I had to administer oxygen to oh, the wow. dude before he got on the set. Like, oh man, like, he, they've been doing it for a while. So I actually had to give I have the um, the distinct pleasure of giving Steven Tyler oxygen back in the day. So those are one of the memories that I have. But yeah, and those talk, were some good. Those are some good days, man. And, and talk about a guy that didn't let fame go to his head. This guy was down to earth. This, damn, this what a great human yeah. being. That that yeah. guy was an amazing yeah. guy. So shouts out to uh, <laughs> really really good yeah. guy. Um, yeah, you know, and, you know, it was it was it was kind of fun because we were able to protect that whole band when we were walking them up there, locked arms. We had. We, Press was hit would have been hitting them. Panties would have been hitting them. <laughs> we had to block all that. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. It was tough life. It was tough life. Right? We, and, 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 so, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. So we're deviating. That's why this is called unscripted. Yeah. We had a couple other things. But now, see, now we've gone down the whole clear channel in BGP world. Yeah. But if you think life. about it, we were doing what we were doing, managing event staff and managing security at, at those uh, venues and events at a really the a, cool time because yeah. that was that was the advent of all the boy bands right so the NSYNCs and the 98 why do I say 98 degrees oh my god but but them I mean the, the Backstreet Boys Backstreet I mean Boys. at the beginning even when country. they were really getting going yeah. hmm? even country music Shania Twain we got on on uh, yeah, uh that was she was on a platform. I swear to God, you couldn't even feel her. She was so tiny. We're like, yeah, she's, she's all a four foot something, right? And and yeah, yeah you, we you guys were literally carrying her yeah. around the entire Arco Arena, which which was cool, right? You can't cool. yeah. how many yeah. people can say that they've got to carry uh, four foot tall Shania Twain on 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 their backs. Um, I think we've uh, been, we've been fortunate to be a part of some some cool stuff. Christy Feener, Steve Feener, have been amazing. I mean, we we met a lot of cool people along the way. You know, we got to do some interesting things. Um, you know you know, leave some positive, maybe some negative notes out there, <laughs> but man, I feel fortunate. And, you know, and I think I, the biggest takeaway from that is just follow your, follow your, like I, James, I would have yeah. not even done this had you not brought this up, op that, that opportunity. I was like, man, I don't want to do no security, dude. That was like, the, <laughs> man, we did that for what a while. What was the first show that I bring you in? I bring, was it the Rolling Stones? Was that the it first Rolling show? Stones, Rolling, Rolling Stones. Was it in, in Oakland? Was it? Uh, no, it was, it was at Arco. I think. Okay, so again, oh, yeah, but not a bad, not a bad show to get to for free it, it, and it, it worked. 
and yeah. be up close to personal with with the, with the Stones. Right? Right. You're, yep. Doing front of stage, doing the walking. You know. Someone, someone who you probably didn't have in your CD collection at that particular time, <laughs> but you gain appreciation for them just against oh old cats up there still yeah. doing it, rocking the show. My my first show was uh, well, let's see, my my first show that I did was a few years before that was was the Stones as well in Oakland. It was raining at the Coliseum, but oh. I mean. Ryan Adams, Cindy Lauper, um, let me see, Paul McCartney, yeah. having him hang out with us backstage. I mean, so so those kind. I mean, the real Funny. Yeah. You know, of, of of the music industry for that entire decade that that, that we did it. So that, that was some good stuff. That was good. Stuff. Part of my worst show, Madonna. <laughs> I was they called she called me the Looker. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know what I was. I was like, remember that was in that was in Oakland. We had meetings about you, brother. Yeah, you, you, if we, if we did a performance evaluation, like, you, you definitely would have been off the off the payroll crazy. that night. Was it Gwen Stefani? It was Gwen Stefani, and I and I brought my daughter over the barricade. <laughs> I brought, yeah, you know, I, I can't have you doing these types of things, right? <laughs> I got you up oh close and personal with. With you know, with the Gwen Stefani's of the world, and hey, love, love your daughter. Hey, Brett, come on, Devin, come on up, but, <laughs> man. Let, let somebody know before you yeah. do those kind of things. Right, because right, right. I, I remember a conversation after that too. Uh, who's yep. this uh, dude working for you? That's got his got his well, daughter. Like Christy was the, the, those guys and, and uh, Christy and Steve were like they were like the CEOs of uh, of uh, the yeah. BGP. Yeah. So, um, like I said, they they were awesome. They you know. You can't you can't mess up like that at work and not, and not I mean I got you know I got slapped on the wrist but you know yes, maybe you I, I had yeah. to I had to pull I had to pull front of stage duty for a while <laughs> but, but which, oh which is not a hard gig though I mean which right, is, I mean, right. yeah, yeah you you got, you got to be facing away from the uh, the show I mean yeah, yeah, from yeah. the principal but you're looking at you got people and you know, you're right there at the gig, you're looking at all a bunch of people at the but it was like I said man we we I feel fortunate I feel thankful that we were even. That I even was even a part of that, so uh, that that was it was it was some good times, man. It was some good times, and um, which goes into a segue of our last reunion with uh, the with the with the friends that we have that growing yeah. up, you know, yeah. and uh, that was that was awesome, you know. I, I've actually I finally got uh, Damon's book, and oh. uh, this I got his book. It's tucked down here because it it it, it was very very <laughs> it was very very uh. uh he has some language in there. He has some language yeah. in there. Yeah, I told you he's raw. D, D is raw, boy. You know, don't watch out. You know. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> you, you you can't go to church reading that. You you gonna, you gonna have to change some of the words. Let me see what you yeah. got there. Let's let's see what you're showing. Yeah, there, there, there we yeah, go. Yeah, right there. there it is. That yellow meat watermelon guy. That's a good book. And 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 I'll say that because. Damon's probably Damon's probably the youngest one of us, right? Damon and Anthony are probably the youngest one of us, and. We, yeah. All doing some cool stuff. All doing some yeah. cool stuff. Cause when we look back, <laughs> we're doing some we're still doing some cool stuff. <laughs> Probably on a different level. <laughs> but I think all of us were really doing some cool stuff. And then, you know, like I said, Damon got his little book out and working on another one. Um, oh my God, Anthony's a father. Anthony is a father. Yeah, what do you say? Uh 10, 10 pounds. So congratulations. Shout out to you, Jabbin. Shout out to Jabbin. Yeah. Will Will's doing his, you know, Cliff ran for president. God, oh, my, man, I, I'm, so, 
So think about that. Hold on. Think about it. So of, of us, as we were coming up and growing up, did you uh-huh. ever think that there'd be someone, one of us that say they legitimately <laughs> ran for president of the United yeah. States of America and was, was uh, you know, head of a party. Head of a party. Was, was, was actually, you know, I, I wrote them in uh, a few years ago, but uh, I mean, that that's, that's crazy, right? We, I would have thought that they would continue to the go music, down the, the music route as opposed to route. technology and legal like like ant is but you know but th- that that's pretty cool that, that we turned out not too bad we not too had bad some, we, we had some bumps and bruises but we we turned out not too bad not too shabby speaking of the fellas reunion though um there is we are going to do another one on the 16th of january so probably do it once a quarter and the one on the 16th folks we're going to have a couple of extra special guests that uh we talked about on that show that are close to us as well that, mm-hmm. that uh, are part of family. So definitely keep keep your eyes out, subscribe so you can get the uh, notice when, when we go live. Might be some might be some interesting stories that come out of these. these <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna produce and moderate. I'm I'm not Woo! even gonna be on camera because I'm not sure what's gonna be talking. I'm I'm not gonna even show no pictures because I can't I can't I can't do it, man. I, I, I don't I don't I, I got some explaining to do. I don't I don't explaining. I don't want to explaining. Yeah. yeah. But no, it was it was it was it was good it was good times. Yeah. It, it was it was good times. The, the the good thing about it was that even during the down times, we had each other's back for down times. Yeah. You know, um it has it's it, you know, it's, it's it's a good life, you know. It's a good life. Christmas is coming up. It's a good life. Um it's a wonderful life, excuse me. I'll, I'll go and send you my uh, Amazon wish list too, since we talked about yeah. Christmas, right? You know, my sizes and everything. Uh, you do that. Everybody's gonna get one of these books. Everybody's gonna get a copy of <laughs> Yellow Meat Watermelon, guy dog. That's right. We go. We gonna make sure D and Lisa has some, one. Has some one. residual income coming from the book sales. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what What are you doing now, though, brother? I mean, let, let's talk about. We, we talked a little bit about being locked down and and watching movies all the time. But are you doing anything else down in SoCal now that everyone's still COVID? Only on photography, restricted. man. Yeah, we're still still working on the photography, getting new gear. Um, you know, I really want to get back into filming. Uh, I need to get with Ant, man, because uh, man, nobody, he, man, he keeps you on a uh, on a tight schedule. And I, I like the way Ant does business when he when he's doing that that uh, when we do the filming stuff uh, mm-hmm. because it, it come we come out with some nice stuff. That's and, right. You guys started uh, doing like not half bits of a movie, right? Some some like info shorts. Yeah, yeah, some, some shorts. Uh, we actually got a chance to work with. Uh, um, uh, Easy E's son, uh, Marquise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were trying to finish that story, but you know, Marquise had a bunch of stuff that he had going on. We actually started filming um, VH1. I don't know if you remember, but VH1 came to my apartment <laughs> and yeah, uh, remember, we were filming of the 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 the, the, the kids of of, um, of of rappers. Um, you know, and uh, Marquise was talking to I, I want to say it was uh, whose daughter, not Dr. Dre, is it Dr. Dre's daughter? Um, but he was talking to somebody, somebody's daughter, and um, they actually used my apartment for that. So I mean, I had a, I like a whole bunch of people in there too. I was like, man, they can't, I was like, y'all can't smoke weed on the terrace. You can't, you know. I was like, man, I, you know, I still live here. But uh, yeah, I got to talk to like some some uh, some really awesome uh, camera crew out there. VH1 um, got to see how they do things and, and filming. Um, you know, you, if you if you want to get in that business, man, Hollywood is is where it's at. Down here, LA is where it's at. You know, we could. You know, just you know, like I said, when we started doing the red carpet thing, um, mm-hmm. 
we just kind of jumped into it and said, hey, you know, you know, we're, we're here and started doing red carpets. Um, and you can do that. I mean, L.A. is awesome. You know, it's, you know, you talk, people talk and say, hey, you know, it's expensive, and, but you can do some crazy, amazing stuff down here. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm getting into, I'm still honing in on my photography. You got me into the mirrorless. I got me the mirrorless camera, uh, Canon. Um, we started an insurance business. So right now it's open enrollment. We're really, uh, been working on that. So we're busy, uh, doing that and, and building this uh, business up. Um, what about you? What you, what you got going up there, man? You are always busy. I, you you know, there, there's like, always something, right? Yeah, that's true. You know, the, the, the Hicks, uh, household is always uh, a buzz of activity. Uh, you know, I got one kid doing college homeschool, one kid doing junior high school homeschooling, and, and, and I got my wife holding everything down. So, you know, I, I, I'm just here cutting grass, brother, make, making sure that the, <laughs> making sure that the pipes don't leak and that the grass is cut and that the pool is swept. But uh, you know, we, we're, we're just we're just doing our thing. Right. I mean, work is good. Um, I, I, I love what I do from a day job perspective, but I the only benefit of COVID brothers that again, I've been able to focus on Hicksman media and get this platform, get us going and having these shows. We, we've talked for decades about mm -hmm. doing something like this, right? right? Platform that we own, having shows, having conversations with interesting people going, you know, you're doing the one today at two o'clock doing the, the, the athlete round table. So definitely, Tune into that as well, yeah. but I mean, just just doing those kind, doing things that that, that matter, uh, mm -hmm. having conversations, staying as close as possible with family, uh, consciously trying to re reach out and make sure the family is cool. That, that that's what really matters. To be honest with you, everything else is secondary. And so those are the plus. That's that's, that's the plus side of COVID. I mean, I, and, I, and again, I'm not trying. I don't want to take anything from COVID, but it has given us an opportunity to. Being able when you're working remotely from home, you're you have the ability to spend more time with the family. Um, you know, you, you have more time to kind of, you know, do those things that you really since you're locked in to take care of. You know, if you're if you're knocking off a, you know, a bucket list, hopefully an in, mm. indoors, you know, one of those ones that you can do from home, like um, in on my camera, my, 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 my camera skills, working yeah. with lighting, uh, doing things like that, you know, and, and being able to do that. I think it's huge. I, in my day job, I apologize. Yeah. I you know, still do the LAX thing. So I'm still, you know, managing that, uh, you know, that we got that big program out here, um, re rebuilding and adding new, new stuff to LAX. So if you haven't drove yeah. by LAX and seen it, there's some cool stuff coming up, man. APM, you know, uh, ITF West Conrack is going to be one of the biggest, the biggest, uh, it's, it's almost like a, a car rental mall. It's going to be pretty mm. it's so, so sick and it's, it's the biggest around the world. So, you know that that that's amazing in itself too so my day job i love not so many people can say that they love a lot of the things that they do especially when it comes to their day job so yeah um, I'm, I'm fortunate there but uh some you know good things happening man i'm glad you guys are staying safe i'm glad you guys are you know able to you know get get things done so yeah um, you know I like doing these shows man I, you know who knows i'm still trying to reach out to some celebrities and see if we can get some of those maybe we can yeah, you got some contacts. You down there in that yeah, in that yeah, area, yeah. you know? Yeah. Can you can you can you call NBC, uh, ABC? Don't yeah. you know somebody at BET? That dog, call somebody. Right. Tell them yeah. tell them that you know we 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 want to do some things. I'll, I'll even shave if I got to. Right. I'll I'll come presentable. Uh, so I, I think so we, I think, so we can I do think, some things. I think those are coming up. I think those are going to be coming up. So like I said, if you if you dream it, you dream big. 
Shit's gonna happen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> so damn, I'm not gonna say anything else. I'm huh? not gonna say anything else. We might just end it right there. Say say that one more time, and then I'm gonna end the show the because dream, I, I, I'm dream, just gonna, we just gonna end on on a, on, a, on a note like that. <laughs> That's right. All right, brother. Be good to yourself. Right, Take care. I will holler at you soon. Later, Thank folks. Later. So let, let me interject because again, I, I don't want to deviate from the conversation because I think it's, a, it's an important conversation. And again, it, it was one of the premises for even having this discussion today. Uh, I actually, ever since I talked to you, Montel, I've kind of taken some onus and saying, how can I find someone in education to actually further on this conversation? So someone in control, someone that actually has some say in terms of how finances are spent within the state. So we're going to continue this conversation, but I kind of wanted to rein back in just a little bit to make sure that we talk about so we've talked about struggle. We've talked about challenge. Let's talk about now the successes either that, that the four of you mm. gentlemen have had, right? I, I kind of want to talk about some of the things that you're doing now that your playing days may be over and what you're doing now to talk to the youth, inspire the youth, uh, bring about positive change and positive focus inside and outside of, of, of athletics and, and how that relates to academics as well, right? Because, because everybody can't, like you say, everybody's not going to be on that on that uh, 52 man, 53 man roster. Everyone's not going to be out there on the field. Everyone's not going to be doing the UFC like we was just watching. You can't all kick somebody <laughs> in the head like that. You think you can, but uh, let, let's talk about some of that. And, and I think with that particular topic, I'm going to start with with Mr. Bracy. And and, and uh, I, I think we already we, it's a loaded question. It's a softball. You know, what are you right. doing in well, in your time, sir? Well, you know, I what playing sports has 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 taught me so much just about mm. life and about myself. And, and I just, if there's any young people watching, this is where I, that's where my juices flow. If there's any young people watching who, who want to play sports and who are playing sports and, and they're wondering how does sports transition into, I don't want to say real life because playing sports is real life for some people, but the, 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 the thing, everything that it has taken me, I'm going to talk first person. It has taken me, to, to play baseball at a community college level, play baseball at the division one level, play some professional baseball in Canada. All of those ingredients, the, 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 the practicing, the determination and the discipline and doing the work in the off season when nobody's looking and, and the, the, the camaraderie and all the things that it takes to make a team, those skills, those attributes are transferable. You can take those things and apply them anywhere else and you're going to be successful in whatever it is. If you take what it takes, think about this, fellas. You, whatever it took for us to make our teams, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, Ivy League, it does not matter. Those same skills can be applied to anything, and you're going to be successful. And most people don't have those. So just being an athlete puts you in a different category. I know. I remember when I was uh, uh, winding up the at the end of my baseball career two years of independent professional baseball in Canada. And I remember in my second year, 
when we're on our bus trips, going to all these little cities and playing ball, man, having a good time. I remember on those bus trips, I started thinking, man, what am I going to do with my life when I when 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 I'm done playing this game? What am I going to do with my life? I went to school. See, a lot of people I keep I didn't go to school to get an education. I went to school to play baseball. The education just came along. They were like, man, you only got 20 units left. You might as well finish. Okay, let me finish. Let me get this done. I did not care that much about my academics. I had my mind on being playing in the big leagues. So I'm thinking, what am I going to do with my life? And here's what playing pro ball taught me and even college ball. That you can do what you love Mm. and get paid to do it. There wasn't nobody in my life doing what they loved and getting paid to do it. My people, I love them, but on Sundays, everybody trying to figure out how they can catch a cold and not and call in on Monday and get one more day off after Sunday night football. So there was nobody in my world who I saw that loved what they did. So I said to myself on that bus, and this is probably why I never made it, because I let a little inkling of doubt creep in and started thinking about life after sports. And I said, I am not going to settle. Hear me, athletes, if there's any young athletes listening, I'm not going to settle for something that I don't have a passion to do. I'm going to find what I absolutely love to do. And just like you, tall boy, nobody's ever called me to book me and say, hey, what did you, where'd you go to school? What degree did you have? Not once. I've been speaking for 23 years, tall boy. Not one time did somebody say, what is your degree in? I'm not saying I'm not happy and grateful that I did it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's never happened to me. And as soon as somebody gave me a cassette tape, y'all remember cassette tapes? Don't leave me out here. We're from the same generation. Come on, Master P used to sell them out the truck. So <laughs> I put a cassette tape in my white Pontiac Grand Am and I pushed that cassette tape in there. Somebody yes, wrote it to me. And when I pushed it in there, it was the voice of the legendary, the Jackie Robinson of motivational speaking. His name is Les Brown. We all know him. Yeah. I heard Les Brown's voice for the first. I didn't even know you could get paid to talk, except for Muhammad Ali and, 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 and teachers. You know what I'm saying? So when I put that tape in my tape deck and it got stuck in my tape deck. Think about it. I'm driving Pontiac Grandel, stuck in my tape deck. I couldn't eject it. I couldn't turn it off. Every time I turned it on, his voice was talking to me. And I said to myself, right at my transition period from baseball to what? I'm listening to this tape three months in my tape deck. Didn't have the money to get it fixed. And I said to myself, you know what? All this dude is doing is telling his story. I see you. I see you. I am tall boy. Come on, man. Don't get me excited. I said to myself, all this man is doing is telling his story. Wait a minute, KV. I have a story. What if I can tell my story and touch other people's lives the way this man is touching my life? In that moment, in that instant, I got a new dream. I got a new fire, just like baseball. I got a new passion. And I said to myself, now I got to figure out how to get paid to do this. And I gave my first speech and I'm done because I got to go. I gave my first speech at a Toastmasters in Sacramento. I remember my very first time ever in front of an audience, I was wearing a purple suit. Y'all know I was in the hammer. Come on, y'all. I was wearing a purple suit, tall boy. I was wearing a purple suit, and the and the lady was introducing me. And when she was introducing me, it felt like bottom of the ninth, runner on second and third, 
two outs, it's my time at the plate. That's what it felt like. Once I was done delivering the speech, it felt like I'd hit a double in the gap to win the game. And in that moment, I knew that speaking was gonna fill that competitive void of playing baseball. And I put the, ter- the, de- the determination, the work ethic, the focus, and it took me 16 years of trying to build my name and reputation locally to break through in the industry before the internet, 16 years of hustle, 16 years of focus. And in that 16th year, a district saw my talent. And in one day, in one sitting at a school district, I booked one, no exaggeration. I'm not bragging a hundred dates in one day. And that, that means I'm going to speak at every one of their schools multiple times that year. And that changed the course and the trajectory of my speaking business. And here I am 23 years later, still doing what I love to do. So young people watching this as an athlete, you have some skills that are transferable that nobody else has. So listen to what these brothers are teaching you, because this is what it's all about. There you go. Tall boy. It's all you, baby. Quick hey. question. Uh, two, two things. I would love to definitely connect with you offline. Yes. But, but at the Toastmasters, mm-hmm. who is that core audience? You know what? They were all older. They were all white. They were all older than me. They were a different generation. And I was in there spitting fire. They was like, who is I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, though. I was just talking and there probably a couple cuss words came out because I was, wasn't polished then yet. You know what I mean? I was just coming off the baseball field. But it was about 15 or 16 people that were, most of them were older than me and a, different, a couple generations older than me. And they just were a audience that poured into me, listened to me, taught me the game, loved on me. And I, I took off from Toastmasters. Gotcha. So I say that because I was watching a piece because I did some of the similar stuff that you did back when I was at the radio station and I got pushed back here in Atlanta. And I say that because I came into the school system and did something similar. And like you said, feeling that felt like I hit that game winning shot, got that, you know, that game winning dunk. And then it was how do you grow from there? How do you take it to the next level? And you've been doing it for years on top of years on top of years. And you're not seeing uh, you're not seeing the result, the results of that taking off. And right. it was something that Eric Thomas said. I was watching a video that he had said something about um, I don't go to African-American schools. I go to the white schools that have a small population of African-Americans but I'm out here motivating them. And that's what helped propel him get to that next level. And I wanted to pick your brain on that. And like I said, hopefully, and I think for me and and, uh, Montel, if you could bring back that question for me, but uh, of of what you had asked uh, asked Kevin, Mm -hmm. I I think the biggest issue that you have is find, like he said, I think athletes, they're taught competence. We're, We're taught that there's no such thing as losing. Because all right. we know how to do is win. Now right. you have to learn how to channel that win to say you got to. What they always say: you can win the, uh, you can win the the war. Uh, you can win the battle, but you're not going to win the war. Battle, 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 yeah. And see, to me, I feel like I have to win every battle, yeah. and I have to win every war. And, and, <laughs> and no, that's just me. You're right. You're right. And my girlfriend to tell you all day, she's like. He got to win everything. But that's that competitive spirit that I have. Yes. I, I, I don't take L's. 
So now I'm getting older and it's like, how do you learn and how do you transition? Because I have this confidence that ain't nobody torn. Virgil is not going to beat me at uh, right in the, in this live stream. He's not going to beat, he's not gonna beat me on this track. I, I, see, Virgil may have been a sprinter, but they said I ran like a deer. So I'm going to give him that work. Too, you know, so, you know, so, real talk. I love yeah, it. You know, I, Hey, let, I, I gotta go. I gotta go, fellas. Yeah. I love y'all. But Tallboy James, give I am Tallboy my cell number, please. I got so, you. We, so we can chop it up. But we, we got you, we brother. Definitely chop it up, man, for sure. Love y'all, man. I wish I could stay. Go do what you gotta do, brother. Go go do what you do. We appreciate you. Now, now, now you see our transition where he said right into Virgil, so Virgil can give his response. So you, know, so you, you, you wouldn't let the man get off. You know, he, he's got to go make that money. I, I'm, I'm trying to interject and, and you still, but, but that's the dialogue, right? So that's what this whole thing was all about, having that dialogue, positive folks, especially the African-American mm-hmm. community. So I'll, I'll now shut up and let, let the brother Torrance talk to us about this. Cause well, you've got you know, I, a whole different, you know, a whole different avenue that you can talk to about it. You know, some of the things right. that you're especially involved so, with today. So the thing about an athlete, um, having that winning edge and winning attitude. So uh, I'm, I'm a part of an organization. We have a mentor group, and we mentor kids from 8 to 18. And one of the things that they all say they want to be athletes, they want to go in the NBA, want to go in the NFL. And that's fine. But we also told to ask them, what is your backup plan if you don't make it? What's the percentage of those who make it into the NFL? What's your backup plan if you don't make it to college? And so we put together a program that, I mean, you know, to talk to them about how do you, when you get out of high school, if you don't go to college, if you don't go, you know, and play sports, what is it, the core basics that you need to survive? You know, how much is it going to cost for you to buy food every day for a month? How much is it going to cost for you to travel, whether it's a car or paying for public transportation? And a lot of them never thought of it. So for me, when I was coming in track and field at the time, you couldn't make money. Okay. So once you're done with college or if you run, you know, um, you know, unattached, you do that for fun because you love the sport because you could not make money at the time. You didn't start making money until I think the late 80s. But we had to also think about what's our next level, okay? And so for me, sociology was it because that helped me understand uh, myself, groups of people, my community, but I tripped over and fell into IT. And but, <laughs> but for me, thinking about, you know, what's my next step because athletics is just not going to be that. You have to teach young people to think about those things because some of them get hurt and they're devastated. And when they get devastated, they shut down. You know, my tell you know, when an athlete get hurt and he is no longer or able to get back to the status that he was physically, mentally and emotionally, it tears him down. Okay. So being an athlete is fine and great. But what's your next step if you don't make it into that? So that's why we have to push education whether it's either going to college, it's going to a trade school, you know, um, you know, some type of motivation. We have to talk to young people about doing that. Otherwise, we're setting them up to fail. And so if they don't have a passion like, like Kevin, Kevin has a passion. 
He has a passion and he wants to motivate. He has that. So he found that for him. But what about all of those who not sure quite do it? For me, when I was in school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had no passion on anything other than hanging out. So, you know, to help them transition from high school to uh, uh, being a productive citizen to going to college or even trying to go into the major league, this is one of those things that they need to do. They can have their dream to try to obtain their dream, but they also need to be able to have the know-all to say, how do I research a company? How do I research the money that I want to do? I want to be an entertainer. You know, how do I research to doing that? Because what we found a lot of them research is talking to the boy next door, you know, or somebody who said that they've been in the program, they've been doing that. So my research is saying, I'm going to do what he did. He did it. He didn't have to do it. You know, one of the things that someone has always said uh, that we hear every year, well, Bill Gates, he didn't, he didn't go to college. He didn't graduate. You know, we say, but was one of the things that he done. He kept in his industry. He kept learning. He took other classes and training. So I've been in IT for 40 years, you know, and I work now I work for the state. And, you know, James and I met at Hewlett Packard, you know, but now I work at the state as an analyst, but I'm still using that to mentor young men, you know, I'm mentoring two young men from Sac State and some other young men in your early on. How do you respond to the police? How do you respond to somebody in an interview? You know, interviewing skills. Those are the core. Those are some of the core things that they're going to need as an athlete. Because if you're an athlete, you're going to be interviewed. Got to know how to speak. You know, have to stop saying um. You know, you feel me. Those are the type yeah. of things. You know. Yeah, I, I believe I believe what you're saying. You teach them life skills. Those life skills they need to be life able to survive is important, right? In the community and whatnot. But I want to I, I want to comment on something you said that I thought was, it kind of struck me. We do need to invest in our intellectual, our own individual intellectual property <laughs> with by educating ourselves, like you said, by learning this trade or a skill. Um, we I don't I hate the imagery that we have that we have in our communities. Sometimes it's, it's very it sometimes is very negative and it's not very influential. But I do believe us as black people, as, as generationals, we need to start to invest in our own intellectual intellectual property. Um, Go, go to, talk to, to, to say that, I think that a lot of these young kids, they want to be uh, entertainers or musicians, mm -hmm. rappers, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it. You know, th they're this new generation, tr Travis Porter post. I think that they are saying, you know what, I'm not going to give up my content as easily mm -hmm. as maybe the SWVs and uh, uh, the TLCs back in the day. This yep. new generation is saying, hey, I can do this myself. I don't really need the bag from you per se now, as opposed to back in the day. It was if you got a record contract. With, I believe. Yeah, with, I'm with agree with you. I agree with you 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. And how they got messed over. No one never really explained that game from the late 80s right. to, right. to 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 2013. No one explained the game. Then when Travis Porter came out, it was like, hey, we're going to do our own thing, and our time is now, and we're not waiting for anybody. I, I argue with E-40 and Master P did it first, but you're right now. The new generation is oh, learning themselves. there you go. There yeah. you go. But, 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 but no, I no, no. They, they did do it first, but the thing yeah. is they never shared that information with anybody. They just did it for themselves. Yeah. And, and, and when they did it for themselves, they got the bag, but it was never that was never passed down to say – 
ownership, ownership, ownership. The masses. I agree with yeah. you. Exactly. To the yeah. masses. So, but I, I, I'm thinking, I'm even thinking more so because you're right. It has trans, transcended in the music industry and learning that trade, but I don't think it's transcended this as a whole. Even in even in athletic sports, we still have professional athletes that go into the league and they come out, they're coming out broke, you know, with the, with that, the bad financial management. But, 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 that, but, but that's their fault, though, because in all honesty, anybody that makes it in the professional level, there's classes, there's trainings. They're similar. I agree, that you, that I agree with you. Now, if you come from that from that mentality of I never had nothing and you get your first check of let's just say your first check is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars as your first check. Yeah. The first thing you're going to do is want to go out and buy the watch, buy the jury, yeah. buy, buy your mama a house. I get all of that. And and then, then all of a sudden, as they say, um, I forgot who, who the athlete was and I forgot who the rapper was, but. It's a never-ending cycle. They all say the same thing. I had to put my boys on payroll. Well, now, like Paul, I think it was Paul Pierce. He says, every time we went to a city, it was eight of us. So that means I had to pay for eight dinners. Mm -hmm. I had to pay for eight vehicles. I had to pay for And then when that check slows up, such as a pandemic of what we're in now, guess what? That, hey, do I really need you on payroll? What am I bringing you along on this trip for? What, what, did, what value are you bringing? You look at a LeBron James, he has everybody on payroll, and whatever that payroll is, is not, oh, I'm taking care of my boys, and I'm paying for a job. Yeah, yeah uh -huh. you have a job to do, and once you do that job, you get paid accordingly for whatever that, that market calls for, as opposed to MC Hammer back in the day. He put yeah. everybody on payroll, and yeah. then now when his time is up, he took care of the neighborhood, but he didn't take care of it. No, and I agree. I, I agree to a certain extent. I do believe you're right. You said there's no excuse. I do believe. I don't. I don't believe there's any excuse. But still, the message isn't being transcended across the board because we're not doing that. We still have too many percentages that are not. So either the message needs to keep being hammered home, or we need to be figuring out a different way for them to learn because it's not only happening in sports. It happens in in all those in all those facets. It's just that we have so much. We, we're getting that bag in the beginning. But the bag in the end ain't there. It's not they're not holding on to it. And I know that's the financial literacy portion mm -hmm. of it. But I'm mm -hmm. also even also just investing this ourselves in our intellectual property, period. We're being monetized off of a lot and we're not getting all, we're not getting what we're being monetized for for that much. And I'm not just talking about in sports, I'm talking about in the real world as well. We have too many pop-up shops with t-shirts when we should be able to own clothing stores. We have too many, we have too many. I I, I believe we, we, we'll argue it. I think that's a great hustle, but I don't see no reason why we can't have why we can't own the manufacturing part. Why can't we do all that? Because we're already inside doing that. You're a videographer. You own a lot of your content and all that stuff. I own all my content. All your content. <laughs> but a lot of people don't. YouTube owns but, their content. But see, Bartel, it goes, it goes, you know, you have to take a step back. Yeah. Because if you don't teach young people financial literacy, mm -hmm. and matter of fact, ask. Ask a lot of people, a lot of kids in high school and early in the college if they know how to write a check. A lot of them will but, say no, but they know how to use cash cash app. Yeah, but that's my point. That's what that's exactly what I'm point. My point, yeah, I'm getting to the same point. We need to invest in our own intellectual property or our, our intellect investment. We once should right, learn all those things. We need to know all those things. Right, right. You gotta go back, you gotta go back and, and teach them early because it, it, at at age of 21, 21, 22, 23, you couldn't tell me a whole lot. Because I think I thought I knew it, mm -hmm. right? But if you caught me at, at at 12, 13, 14 years old and saying, "Okay, you have you have you know a hundred thousand dollars, 
what's the best way for you to make more money? Because what happens is that we're too quick to get the money and we're too quick to say, I can't wait 10 years for this money to mature. I want it now or I'll take it now and I'll do something later with it. But we know later is never going to come. So and so when you do, you teach them financial literacy, how to balance a checkbook. Don't look at cash app, you know, be able to to manage your own money and how you manage that that money. Because what got a lot of entertainers and athletes in, in trouble, they let somebody else manage their money and they don't they just know they got money. And so all they're doing is writing checks and swiping. Swipe, 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 right? Mm-hmm. So uh, athletes need to be able to do that and, and still be able to have their dreams. You know, they still have to go to school in high school, even after college, when they're in college. They need to take those courses or someone mm-hmm. like, um, 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 uh, you know, as a motivational speaker, Kevin. One of the things that Kevin can do as he's talking to them is talk to them about, you know, financial literacy. But those courses no. are offered, though. Those, those course, there's a Dennis Kimbrough at Clark Atlanta. He teaches that. that he teaches that course. Yeah, but I'm telling you, when but we, I mean, but we oh, talk to these kids, when we sit talking to these kids, a lot of them don't know. But see, here, here's the here's there's a bigger picture on that. It's because when the parents aren't comfortable with those conversations and teaching them, they're not going to be comfortable with sitting down with their kids. So their kids aren't going to get some of that. Their kids not going to know. And so when we sit down and talk to them, they kind of push back because the first thing that we're taught as young people is that we look at our parents for some guidance. And if, if my parents can't help me or, or my parents don't care, I'm not going to really care. And I'm not saying that all parents are like that. But when you have some of those who aren't comfortable with finances, who aren't comfortable with writing letters, who aren't comfortable with getting out and speaking, you tend not to take your kids in those environments. But what I'm saying is once you get to, but what I'm saying is but when you get to college and this and this is a deeper rooted issue than that than need be because I, I don't know if this was for you as a track or maybe you as a football player, they put me in cookie cutter classes in the beginning. And then when I showed that I could actually handle you know, taking mm-hmm. better classes then, or mm-hmm. I said, I'm signing up for this class myself. Then it was, why did you do that? Because we have practice during this time. And it was mm-hmm. like, well, this is the class that I need to take. That's on you to want to be able to say, I, I want to get my degree. You have a yep. lot of athletes that are just saying, I'm just only here to, you know, do whatever it takes to, so I can play ball. Look at Ben Simmons. He went to LSU, came in mm-hmm. from Australia, went to LSU for one year. He had no intentions of going to school. He was there just for that one semester, played that first, and I think he was, he didn't even play the second half because he was academically ineligible, and he became the number one or the number two pick in the NBA. So, I mean, he already had that mindset that he wasn't there to go to school, but he had to go the college route because playing ball overseas was not as popular at that time when he came out eight years ago as opposed to – what it is now when you're seeing with the ball brothers saying, hey, college ain't for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm about to go over here to <clears throat> the NBL and I'm going to play one year, two years over here because you have to be one year removed from the NBA. I think for football, you have to be three years. You have mm-hmm. to be three years. So where are you going to play at from a, a collegiate football level? You have to go to college because mm-hmm. there's no other resources for you to go. That it's a farm. It's a farm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, so, so to answer that question, it's you're in college, and while you're in college, 
they're putting you in these courses and all you and you're trusting the coach to say, hey, I, I remember I told coach, I don't want to do study hall. He <laughs> says, you get you give me a two point eight, then you don't have to do study hall. He set the bar too low. I came with a three point three. I was about to say that because we yeah. had my, my coaches would say, you're going to take these classes and you're going to keep your grades up, period. Yeah. No if fans or but nope, you can't work. You can't go, go can't go get a job because you have to keep your grades up. But and that's hard on African American because we don't have the money. And, exactly. And, and you, yep. you don't have the exactly. money. So so for me, how I was able to get around that, and this was just me thinking outside of my 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 line of work. I had did a summer job. My first year I came home, I was transitioning from Cal State Fullerton to the University of New Orleans. That second year, I did an internship. With Macy's, oh, not uh, not an internship. I got a job doing security for Macy's at the mall, and then something I don't know. There was an internship program with Bell South, and it's funny because you know they talk about uh, fast access ADSL. So from a tech perspective, they had this ADSL program that they were trying to get it out here in Atlanta. And when I saw the amount of money it was paying for an internship, I had to get into that program. And when I got into that program, that summer money was my money for the whole mm -hmm. school year. So yep. then it was like, oh, well, Bell South is, is giving out paid internships. Now, the question is, can you find a paid internship? Because you're talking about a black man that's 18 to 21 years old looking for capital or looking for money so he can be able to buy some shoes. To, so he can, you know, take a girl out on a date so he can have some money, you know, some pocket change to do whatever, whatever he wants. You have to find him that money. James has a daughter that's 18 years old that's going to college. She's not an athlete, but she's going to be in daddy's pockets as soon mm -hmm. as she goes to college because she doesn't have that job per se. But daddy got it. We didn't have it when we were in college. Mm -hmm. So we had to find a way. And. I ain't trying to be the broke brother because the sisters ain't trying to holler at you if you ain't got no money. So, <laughs> am I, uh, tell me if I'm wrong with no, not. no, no. You telling the truth? No, you telling the truth? You telling the truth? I want, I want to circle. I want to circle back what you were saying, tall boy, about like, uh, like you said, we um, that those classes are being taught for them to have financial literacy and have mm -hmm. those responsibilities mm -hmm. as they are. Like you said, there's a brother in responsibility. Part. Yeah, but his name is Dennis Kimbrough. I, 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 he, yeah, he, he does exactly I, what Kevin Bracy does. Yeah, yeah. So I, I believe I believe that is true, and I don't know if the, I don't know if it's lack of uh, um, access from a lot of brothers. Because I mean, a brother from California, hard to know from a brother from Clark is teaching that. And I've been to the rookie symposium several times in the NFL, and I know they teach those classes as well from mm -hmm. from from the NFL. And probably I'm sure they do it in all the other professional sports. I'm not even just talking about just sports wise. As far as we need to know financial literacy, 